but sooner or later, the devil ought to get fired on his job in your life. Amen. And you ought to be the one to get him fired, that fires him. Amen. Because aren't you tired of letting him come into your life and begin to wreak havoc? Aren't you tired of letting him come into your life and have his way? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Won't go back to the way things used to be. Amen. The presence of the Lord can truly change and transform your life. Amen. We bless you, God, in this place. We thank you for your transforming power in this place, oh God. We thank you, Father, for your continued grace and mercy, God. The way you bless over and over again. The way you change us, oh God. The way you make us better, Father. We just bless you and we thank you, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, just come on and give God a shout of joy right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you, God, for the joy. Thank you, God, for the peace. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. He indeed is good. Hallelujah. I'm glad that the Lord is on my side. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Bless his Lord. Amen. Amen. First, giving honor to our great God and our heavenly Father, the one that makes all of our dreams come true hallelujah and even if your dreams haven't come to yet just continue to keep the faith amen he is faithful and just to all of the officers and family and friends of these two great churches we greet you in the name of our lord and savior jesus who is the christ amen our scripture text this morning is found in the text that was read earlier out of Second Thessalonians, the uh, third chapter. And we want to lift up that one verse of scripture. That's Second Thessalonians chapter three. I want to lift up verse 16. Amen. And it reads, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. Amen. I want to share today from the subject of a prayer of peace. A prayer of peace. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for this day, God. 
We thank you, Father, that we've come to celebrate the second Sunday of Advent. We celebrate, O oh God, the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ, the hope that he brings. And now we celebrate the peace, O oh God, that comes with him, God. So, Father, we bless you on today. And we ask now, God, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon this place, God. Let us feel your spirit afresh and new, God. Anoint this vessel afresh, O oh God, to be used for your, your will and for your service, God. Fill me afresh, O oh God. Overshadow me, God, and use me for your will and your glory. And Father, I thank you for your goodness that you continue to work in our lives from day to day. Now, Father, I pray that you would open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes, for we want to see Jesus. Then open our hearts that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. A prayer of peace. When you talk about peace, uh, a lot of people say, I don't have peace. And even it's amazing at this time of year, there are a lot of people who don't experience peace. They don't experience the joy of this season. They don't experience the peace of this season. But I want you to think for a moment and, and, and answer this question. Do you have true peace? Do you have the world's peace or do you have God's peace? In most circumstances, we view peace as the absence of trouble and, and hardships. And, and, and maybe the truest idea of peace is not associated with that at all. It's not the absence of trouble or hardships. That's not true biblical peace. True biblical peace is the, the fact that there is trouble in your midst. True biblical peace is the fact that you are going through in spite of what's happening in your life. But when we talk about peace and we talk about true biblical peace, I say, well, how can I bring that out? And I decided to bring out a couple of illustrations to to see if I can get us to see what true peace and biblical peace look like. When most of us would think peace, we would consider a serene view like this to be a place of peace. But that's the world's standard of peace. Some place that's tranquil, some place that, that we can just go and, and, and begin to let the troubles of the world just slip away. But true biblical peace doesn't look like that at all. True biblical peace looks more like this. The storm is raging all around you, but you have peace. The storm seems to be out of control around you, but you have peace. This is a picture of true biblical peace. The fact that there's a storm raging around you and you have Peace in the midst of the storm. Most of us probably now are thinking, I don't want that type of peace. But that's the type of peace that you should want. That's the type of peace that will bless your soul. That's the type of peace that will keep you in your midnight hour. 
That's the type of peace that folk are longing for, but they don't want all that comes with that type of peace. But when you truly have the peace of God, it doesn't matter what's happening in the world around you because you have that true peace. When I look at, again, this idea of peace, uh, and I began to think about the biblical peace, and it's quite different than what the world will present to us. But we have to understand, God grants us his peace through the gift of his son, and he intends for us to experience it in all times and conditions of life. He expects us to have peace. He expects us to have peace at all times. He expects us to experience peace at all times. God doesn't expect his people to be frantically running around in this world. That's what the world does. Whatever's happening in the world will change how they feel and how they act. But with God's people, no matter what's happening in the world, we ought to be the same. We ought to, in fact, be a calming source within the world that we live in because we have true biblical peace. Well, if we're going to have true biblical peace, we got to understand that Paul is praying for us to, first of all, to experience the source of peace. Paul is praying that we might experience the source of peace. He says, the Lord of peace, he is peace himself. The Lord of peace. What Paul is saying there in that beginning part of this prayer is that he is showing us that God is the source of peace. That he is the, the one behind the peace that we experience. That it's not somebody else, but it's God himself. He said, the Lord of peace. And since he's the Lord of peace, he helps us to experience peace. When you think about the fact that Jesus came into the world, uh, he brought peace into the world. What did he do, Jones? He brought peace between man and God. When we realize that Christ coming into the world brought in a, a, a type of peace that we could not experience without him. Before Christ came into the world, we were at odds with one another. We were at odds with God. We were enemies of God. But when Christ came into the world, he brought peace with him. He brought the peace of God with him. He brought peace with God with him. The first that we experience is peace with God. We are no longer enemies of God, but we are now at peace with God. Because he sent his son Jesus into the world. Peace came with Jesus into the world. Now, it, it may have looked like a, a tranquil night when, when Jesus came into the world. And we often see the, the pictures of the star in the sky and, and all of the people were there at the manger scene. And, and it looked so peaceful. But how many of you know it wasn't quite all peaceful? Because there was trouble on the horizon. If you really know the story of Advent, you'll realize that there were some, some enemies that were sending people to find out where Jesus was so that his life could be taken. It wasn't all peaches and cream, but in fact, there was an opportunity for Jesus to be killed if it would present itself on that night. 
when, when the king sent his, his men to go and find this Jesus, this baby Jesus, and they told him to come back and tell me where you find him. Death was on the horizon. And when you think about the fact that he came and brought that peace with God into the world. That mankind could experience that type of peace that would put us at ease when it came to the sins of our lives because we have peace with God. But then there's the, the cross. That is man's source of peace. Because it's when Jesus died on the cross at Calvary that that peace was ushered into the world to, to bring about the redeeming of mankind. And we experience it in its fullness, the redeeming work of, of mankind, because Jesus had paid the price on Calvary. Jesus had paid the price that none of us could pay, all because of God desiring to have peace with humanity. And because God desired there to be peace with humanity, he sent Jesus into the world, not just to come and to live, but he came to die. Can you imagine traveling in this world 33 and a half years knowing your destiny is death? And knowing your destiny is not going to be some death where you die in the middle of the night in a peaceful way, where you're dying in the middle of the night, just falling asleep and never open your eyes again. But your death is to go to the cross at Calvary. Can you have peace knowing that this is your destiny? How many of us would travel the road for 33 years knowing that our destiny is to go to the cross at Calvary and to be crucified there? How many of us would go in a peaceful manner knowing that our destiny was to die at the hands of the Roman government? But Jesus went to the cross at Calvary nonetheless, and he was at peace the journey that he had here in the world because he understood that his father was making plans for him to be that peace for humanity. When we understand that and we know that it's because Christ has come into the world that he is the source of our peace. But Paul tapped into the true source of peace when he lets us know, whatever state I'm in, I've learned to be content. I know some of us, we have high aspirations. We, we've got lofty goals. We've we got ideas of grandeur in our head. And sometimes when they don't work out, we don't have peace. But Paul says, I've learned to have the type of peace that would keep me no matter what state I'm in. Paul said, I've got peace on the inside. When I've got much, I'm at peace. When I've got little or little to nothing, I'm at peace. When, when Paul was being shipwrecked, he was at peace. When, when Paul was in the Roman jail, he was at peace. When Paul was free and traveling, he was at peace. Paul said, no what matter what state I'm in, I've learned to be content. I've got peace no matter what state I find myself in. How many of us can say that, that we've got peace no matter what state we find ourselves in? When no money's in your pocket, do you have peace? When, it, when the bills seem like they, they, they got more bills than money, do you still have peace? When sickness has come into the room, do you still have peace? The question is, do you have the type of peace that will keep you in the midst of a storm? 
Remember the picture, the, the man who was sitting in a chair in the middle of a raging storm? That's true biblical peace because no matter what's happening around me, I should have peace with God. I have peace of God operating in my life. And because I've got the peace of God and because I've got peace with God and because I know that God is moving in my life, nothing should faze me. But far too often we're being phased by things that really should not move us. Circumstances of pushing us to a place where we are getting frazzled rather than sitting in the peace of God. Circumstances are causing us to be shaken to our core rather than experiencing the peace of God. But if we are called by the name of God, if we are the children of God, then we ought to be experiencing the peace of God. We ought to be experiencing peace with God, which God has given us through salvation. And then we experience the peace of God, which keeps us in the midst of our storm, which keeps us in the midst of our midnight hours. Because I've got peace with God, I've got peace on the inside. Because I've got peace with God, nothing will shake me, nothing will move me. Because I've got peace with God, I'm just like Paul. And I say to myself, whatever state I find myself in, I'm going to have peace on the inside. But Paul didn't just want us to know about this peace that is going to keep us because he is the source of peace. But he also wants us to know that we've got to experience the gift of peace. In normal circumstances, sometimes we lack peace. Of God. In, in normal circumstances, it, it, it's easy for us to slip into that space where we start to feel like it, it, there's a problem. We, we start to maybe let doubt creep in and, and, and doubt if we let it creep in and stay long enough will begin to take over. And, and if doubt takes over, it, it will begin to convince us that it's not going to work. It, it'll begin to convince us that God is not going to bring you through. It'll begin to convince us that, that God will, won't work in this particular situation. But how many of you know you can't let doubt creep in and you can't let doubt stay too long? When the time you begin to hear words of doubt hit your mind and they're coming from the inside, you got to check yourself. You got to begin to get into your word of God and begin to understand and know that God does not fail. And get in your word of God and know that God keeps his promises, that the promises of God are yea and amen. Don't allow yourself to be deceived and tricked into thinking that God does not move in your situation and that God cannot move in your situation. God can move in each and every one of our situations if we allow him to. If we just simply believe and trust in the Lord and know that God is on our side. And since we know that God is on our side and if God is on my side, he'll do exactly what he said he would do and I just got to have peace in the midst of the situation there are two words uh, one is in the Hebrew and one is in the Greek the Hebrew word for peace is shalom you may have heard someone say that shalom you may have Jewish friends that you've heard them say shalom and, and, and really what that word is in Hebrew is, is may, may you be filled with complete 
and perfect peace and be full of well-being or may health and prosperity and peace of mind and spirit be upon you. Some have said it is in the Hebrew that it is really could be said like this. Nothing missing and nothing broken. I want you to have a life where there's nothing missing and nothing broken. Can you imagine that God has a desire for us to live that life too, where there's nothing missing and nothing broken. He wants us to have that, that type of peace, and he gives us that type of peace. He gives us that shalom. He gives us that, that type of peace that will bless our lives, because when you got God on your side, and when God is in the midst of your life, there is nothing missing and nothing broken in your life. Well, Jones, that's not true. I got broken stuff all in my life. But you can have peace in the midst of all of that brokenness. You might have broken relationships, but, but in the midst of it, you've got God. That, you've got all that you need. You've got nothing missing and nothing broken. Because when we got God in our life and when we got God on our side, that's all that we need. We get too busy trying to include people when we should be including God. And when we include too many people, we begin to leave God out and we start to have all kind of brokenness in our life. We start to have all types of things missing in our life. But as long as I've got God in my life, as long as God is there for me, I've got nothing missing and nothing broken. Hallelujah. I think Shirley Caesar said it this way. As long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. As long as God is in my life, I've got nothing missing and nothing broken because he will be everything that I need. He will be my all in all. He will be my, my, my star in the sun in the nighttime. He will be my, my help in troubled time. He will be my love when I feel loveless. He will be my, my friend when I don't seem to have a friend around. I've got nothing missing and nothing broken because God is the source of my peace. He is the peace of my life. And I've got nothing missing and nothing broken. There may be lack in my house, but I've got God and there's nothing missing and nothing broken. My money may be funny, but I've got nothing missing and nothing broken. Because even in your lack of resources, the bills still get paid. Even in your lack of resources, while you're trying to figure it out, God is moving ahead of you and there's nothing missing and there's nothing broken. Shalom. And then there is the Greek word, Arene, which means to join or bind together that which has been separated, making it one again. Hallelujah. That should have been your shout right there. To take that which has been broken, to bind it together. To bring it back together and make it one again. Hallelujah. You still ain't shouting. Don't you realize that you had a broken relationship with God? But when he sent Jesus into the world, it bound you back together. It brought you back together and made you one with God. Thank you, Lord. I might well preach to the lights because... Y'all don't understand, your relationship was broken. You were without God. He sent his son into the world. His son coming into the world gave you an opportunity to be pulled back and to be one with God. Maybe you don't understand because you don't understand. It was lost in the Garden of Eden. 
When Adam and Eve sinned and, and brought sin into the world and, and it disrupted the fellowship between man and God and it took away the opportunity for us to have that fellowship and communion with God, that intimate relationship with God. But when Christ came into the world, the second man, he brought back the opportunity for us to be drawn back together with God and made one with God again. And because of that, we now have peace with God because we got that erinator, that bringing back together, that joining back together that God so desperately wanted us to have. And because he wanted us to have, it was a gift. Hallelujah. The gift of God to save the world. The gift of eternal life has come through Jesus Christ. It was the RNA, the bringing back together, the joining back together. And we are now one with God. And because we're one with God, we now enjoy a fruitful relationship. And because I'm one with God, when I got trouble in the midnight hour, I got peace. Because I'm one with God, when there's hell breaking loose around me, I've got peace. Because I'm one with God, I've got peace no matter what the situation is. Once we understand that, the shalom, nothing missing and nothing broken, the Aaronay, he brought us back together and made us one with him. That's the type of God that we serve. And it was the, the gift that we experienced. We're experiencing the gift of peace. And because we're experiencing that gift of peace, we can have a life that's filled with peace even in the midnight hour. We can have a life filled with peace even when there's trouble on every side. We've got a life of peace. Why? Because we've got that shalom. Because we got that erinne. All because God has given us that gift of peace. He blessed us to have that in our life. He's blessed us because he wanted us to have the highest good. To have that peace, that prayer that, that Paul is praying there. When he says, give them himself, gives you his peace. The Lord of peace himself gives you his peace. He doesn't give you humanity's peace. He gives you his peace. He gives you the type of peace that will keep you. He gives you the type of peace that will bless you. He gives you the type of peace that will cover you wherever you go in life. The type of peace that will bless you through the storms of life. He gives you his peace. And we experience the source of peace. We experience the, the gift of peace. But then Paul helps us to see also in his prayer of peace that we got to experience the timing of peace. Notice what he says there. At all times and in every situation, the Lord be with you all. God does not want us to experience limited peace. Sister Jones said earlier something that reflected on something her mother says, she hates the devil because he wants you to experience limited peace. His job is to disrupt the peace that you have with God. His job is to disrupt the peace that you're enjoying from the hand of God. Too often we let him do his job. I'm going to say that again. Too often we let him do his job. There's some folk you ought to get fired. Amen. And he's one of them. You ought to get him fired from his job because he can't do it right. 
See, when, when folk come around you and, 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 you know, you got folk that you probably work with, and they always seem to try to cause chaos in your life, but you just keep having peace in the midst of it. They always starting something in the office about you, but you keep having peace in the midst of it. There's always seemed to be some type of, of, of nonsense being said about you, but you just keep having peace in the midst of it. Things are being done sometimes to, to cause a disruption in your life, but you just keep on having peace in the midst of it. And it seems like that, that every time you turn around, someone is trying to get you off course. But you just keep having peace in the midst of it. And when you keep having peace in the midst of it, and you just keep on enjoying the peace of God, no matter what they throw at you, sooner or later you're going to get somebody fired. Hallelujah. Now, I ain't telling y'all to go on your job and try to get nobody fired. But, but sooner or later... The devil ought to get fired on his job in your life. Amen. Yes, yes. And you ought to be the one to get him fired, that fires him. Yes. Amen. Because aren't you tired of letting him come into your life and begin to wreak havoc? Aren't you tired of letting him come into your life and have his way? Aren't you tired of letting him come into your life and he just does whatever he wants to do and he causes all kind of conflict and trouble and trial in your life? It's time for us to have peace in the midst of it. And no matter what he brings into your life, it's time for you to have peace in the midst of it. No matter what things he tries to trick you with, it's time to have peace in the midst of it. it no matter what what kind of people he starts to bring your way. It's time for us to have peace no matter who comes and goes in our life. And in fact, there ought to be some people when they leave our life, we ought to gain even more peace because they left. Hallelujah. When we understand, we ought to get the devil fired off of his job. When we get the devil fired off of his job, he's got nowhere to work in your life because you got peace everywhere you go. That's what Paul said. I want you to have peace at all times and in every situation. There's nothing that's going to phase me. There's nothing that's going to knock me off my feet. Why? Because I've got peace with God. And because I've got peace with God, I'm going to have the peace of God. And I'm not going to let the enemy come into my life and ruin what I got going on on with the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of us got to learn that. You do know you're in a relationship with God, right? So why we keep letting that side dude, the devil, come in and mess it up? Amen. Oh yes, he keeps slipping in and messing up your life. He keeps slipping in and messing up the good thing you got going on with God. And, and every time you start messing up with God. But I'm so glad that the Lord says I'm married to the backslider. Hallelujah. Because some of us been out here cheating. Amen lights. But when we understand that God is going to give me that peace and that God has given me that shalom, that God has given me that arena, and because he's given that to me, I can have peace at all times and in all situations. And because I want that type of peace that I can have in all times and in all situations, I'm asking, Lord, bless me with that experience that I might not have limited peace, but I'll have peace at all times. I don't want my peace to be limited. I don't want my peace to be limited upon my understanding 
understanding. I don't want my peace to be limited upon my reaction to things. I don't want my peace to be limited, but I want to experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I want to experience the peace of God that will bless me over and over again. I don't want that type of peace that is only there for a short time. I want the type of peace that will last forever. I want the type of peace that will be there for eternity. The type of peace that I can have over and over. The type of peace that will be there in all times and in all situations. And no matter what the situation, God's peace should prevail. That's why he said in peace in every situation. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. The peace of God should prevail. Hallelujah. And if the peace of God is prevailing in my life, I will experience it at all times. I will experience it in every situation because I've got to let the peace of God prevail in my life. And as long as the peace of God is winning in my life, then I'm going to be winning. Yes. Amen. We always talking about winning. Amen. We always talking about winning in life. Amen. But the truth of the matter is when it comes to peace, are we winning? When it comes to true peace, are we winning? Can I have peace no matter what it looks like? Can I have peace when it looks bad all around? Can I have peace when they give me the, the diagnosis and, and it's bad on every side? They, they say that there's nothing that we can do. Can you still have peace? Can you have peace when, when, they, when you've tried and you tried and you tried and, and you're getting turned down at every side? And, but can you still have peace because you know that God is a good God and, and you know that God will not leave you nor forsake you? Can you still have peace when every door has been closed in your faith? Can you still have peace? If you say, I've got peace in all of that. You've got the true biblical peace because no matter what's going on in your life, you've got peace. And no matter what's happening and no matter what time is happening, you've got peace. Having peace at all times and in all places. And we have this because of the fellowship and the grace with God. When I understand it's my fellowship with God that gives me that peace. When you're having a midnight hour, I'm so glad that Paul and Silas, when they had their midnight hour, they wasn't in the jail cell cussing and they wasn't in the jail cell complaining, but they were just simply singing hymns and spiritual songs. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. They were singing the joy to the Lord in, in the song and they were just blessing the Lord in song while they were sitting in their midnight hour. Can you imagine that type of peace? That's why Paul said, no matter what state I found myself in, I've learned to be content. I'm in the jail in the midnight hour and they don't plan on letting me out in any time soon. And they beat me before they put me in here. But I'm now singing to the glory of God. I'm now enjoying the peace of God in a jail cell. I'm enjoying the peace of God in the midnight hour. Why? Because I've got the peace of Almighty God on the inside. And nobody's going to take it away from me. That little old song that we used to say, the joy that I have, the world didn't give it and the world didn't take it away. We got to start saying, this peace that I have, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Why? Because God gave it to me. God rooted it in me. And because God gave it and rooted it in me, I'm not giving it up. I'm going to have peace no matter what it looks like or no matter what it feels like. I'm going to choose to have 
peace. Some of us need to start choosing to have peace rather than having conflict. Choose to have peace this day. Choose who you're going to serve this day. Choose to have peace in your life. Choose to have peace in your relationship. Choose to have peace on your job. Choose to have peace of God ruling and reigning in your life. Don't let the peace of God be taken from you. Don't let the peace of God get snatched away from you. But choose to have peace on this day. Choose to have the peace of God moving and operating in your life every day and all times and in all situations. Why? Because that's the, what we need in our life is the peace of God. Yeah. But I began to look and see that there is one particular chapter in the Bible that I believe is a good example of true biblical peace. And that is Psalm 23, where David is there and he penned the words, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. David's saying I'm at peace because I got all that I need. There may be some needs in my life, but I've got the Lord. That's all that I need. There, there may be some other things that I would desire in life, but I've got the Lord. That's all that I need. And note he said, he is my shepherd. He's the one who's got to take care of me. He's the one who's got to watch over me. I'm at peace because I know that the good shepherd is the one who's got to provide. I'm at peace because I know the good shepherd is the one that's got to watch over me. And if things are not working out in my life, I just look to the hills from which cometh my help. I just look to the hill where the good shepherd is. And the good shepherd has got to make a way out somehow. The good shepherd is the one who's got to bless me. And then he says, he lets the rest in green meadows and he leads me beside the peaceful streams. Hallelujah. Yes, because he is the one who leads me to these green meadows. He's the one who leads me beside the peaceful streams. Was everything right in David's life? No. Was David in some trouble? Yes. Was David having trouble break loose all around him? Yes. But David said, he leads me to the green pastures. He's let me sit beside the still waters all because things are happening in my life. But God will find a way to get you to the green pastures. He'll find a way to get you to the green pastures and the still water. God will find a way to get you to where you need to be in the peace of life. And yes, he renews my strength. He guides me along the right path and he brings honor to his name. The Lord leads me in the right path. Yes, when there's trouble on the side and God leads me to a place that's peaceful. God leads me to a place where there may be a crack that I can get through and meet the peace of God. God is leading me and guiding me and he's giving me strength along the way. He's given me strength for the journey. And even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Or oh, you are there with me. You are by my side. Hallelujah. Now that is true biblical peace. When you're walking through the darkest valley, you won't be afraid because you got the peace of God. You won't be afraid because the peace of God is with you while you're going through your darkest valley. That is a true picture of biblical peace. And I rod and I staff, they protect me and they comfort me. I've got peace because God has got me. I've got peace because God is protecting me on every side. I've got peace because the Lord is watching over me. I've got peace because God is my comforter and my caregiver. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. 
Hallelujah. That's true peace right there. You've got enemies on every side, but God is preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemy. You can sit down and eat in peace. Why? Because there's enemies on every side, but you don't have to worry about them because the Lord is covering you. The Lord is blessing you. The Lord is watching over you. The Lord has you in his hands. The Lord is keeping you in every way. And because of that, I've got peace. And yes, and then there is this oil in this cup that runneth over and you anoint my head with oil. I've got peace because God, you're still blessing me. I've got peace because God, you're covering me up on every side. You're pouring your new oil out on me. The fresh oil is being given to me each and every day of my life. And because new oil is coming my way, it's the blessings of the Lord that are overflowing in my life. The blessings of the Lord that are causing peace in my life. And I've got peace with God. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's simply saying I'm going to have peace at all times and in every situation. I don't care what's going on in my life. David had it understood that there is true peace in God. David had it understood that my true peace relies on me trusting in the Lord. And if I just trust in the Lord, I can experience the peace of God because he is the source. If I just trust in the Lord, I can experience the true peace of God because he is the gift of peace. I can experience that true gift of God because he gives it to me in all times and in every situation. And I don't have to worry because I've got the true peace with God. When we understand that this is a season of peace. This is a season called the Advent season. And God sent us a wonderful gift. And that gift blesses us over and over and over. But have you trusted in the gift of God? Have you trusted him to give you that peace? That peace that surpasses all understanding. That peace that will keep you in the midnight hour. That peace that will walk you through any storm of life. Do you have that peace? Do you have the true peace of God? True biblical peace. Thank you for tuning in today. We pray that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, drop us an email at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com to let us know how this message has touched your life. Until next time, God bless.